This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition of the show, and tonight it's Ian here. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away, so enjoy it. And the main feature of the site actually allows you to... Uh, influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air by posting interesting things that you find online, whether they be videos or news articles or blog posts. You post it to our site. Other listeners can then vote up or vote down on whether they like or dislike it. And the most popular items will make it to the front page and the top of our website at freetalklive.com. Now, we're actually, uh, to start things out here tonight, we're going to do a a follow-up interview. Normally, we don't have guests on the show, but uh, we've actually got somebody on tonight who we had on about half a decade ago. Uh, Miss Anne is with us, calling from Indianapolis. Uh, she's able to listen on WXNT out there. And actually, you're formerly known as Miss Anne. These days, you go by the name Melissa, which I think is your uh, your real name, Melissa Donaghy. Uh, Melissa, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thank you, Ian. It's good to be back again. I love you guys. Well, it's great to have you back, and glad you're uh, you're doing well. Uh, the last time we had you on the show, you were Miss Anne, and you were. Uh, would dominatrix be the appropriate term? That would be the term. Can you bring our listeners up to speed? Because uh, in the last five years, we've added a whole bunch of radio stations. Yeah, and the, the chances of somebody having listened to both of the, those shows is pretty slim. So it's, right. So uh, a little recap. So yeah, give our listeners uh, a recap as to what you, what you, we were talking with you about five years ago when we first had you on the show. Well, the city of Indianapolis um, came after me uh, with a zoning violation for being a home-based dominatrix with a dungeon. And I ran my business to the letter of the law right down to filing and paying my taxes each year. Um, They sent a vice cop in to do a session with me, and the, the session is absolutely hilarious, but Anyway, long story short, um, the city filed a zoning lawsuit against me. No warning, no request to shut down, nothing civil like that. I got a lawsuit and a press conference downtown with all the city's muckety-mucks broadcast on all the TV stations. So not only did they effectively put my really low-key little business out of commission for a while, but they had an injunction to keep me from working, and I was compelled to go to court and face them. Mm. And that's where you guys came in. You brought me in on the show, if you recall. It was about the zoning thugs across America, and I was just one example. And I can't thank you enough for doing that because you guys helped give me some sea legs and give me some confidence. And so what happened after that is I started thinking about our mayor and why he would do that to me, and I realized it was likely because he wanted to divert public attention away from what he was doing down at City Hall to me. And so I started studying the blogs. That's kind of where I began to learn. And we're lucky in Indianapolis. We have some good blogs written written by lawyers who, you know, you could say they know where all the skeletons are buried. And I started to learn a whole lot. And then I started, I'd always been a libertarian, but I started really volunteering for the libertarians and volunteering for the fair tax, which was a cause near and dear to my heart. And I learned a lot about the fair tax, and I started to get involved slowly. 
Well, then what happened? Oh, and the whole time this is going on, I'm litigating the city. Um, and and it, we actually ended up going through 20 months' worth of litigation. Um, but anyway, long story short, in the beginning of 2007, I was reading on the blogs all of this panic about the new property tax bills coming. And, you know, being a homeowner in a pretty nice neighborhood myself, I was concerned about what, you know, it was going to do to our property taxes. Mm -hmm. And I kept my eye on this very closely. Well, the, a couple weeks before they actually sent the bills out, I was able to look up my increase on the city's website, and I was horrified. And I was like, oh, holy cow, what are they going to do to our neighborhood? It's going to, you know, it's, it's going to ruin it. And so I decided to do something, and I hopped on my bicycle, and I rode house to house. And the neighborhood's huge. Um, and... I, the bike ride was like 10 hours, and I summoned my neighbors to go to the governor's mansion, which is in our neighborhood, and bring their pitchforks, and I literally told them to get their pitchforks out of the garage, and um, we gathered, and that's how it started, and then um, three, le- three weeks later, we had the first Indiana Tea Party in 2007. Um, myself and other activist volunteers, we took that tea party on the road, and we would bring it to other cities. We made a huge, giant tea bag uh, that said Hoosiers for Fair Taxation, and we would tell people to bring their property tax assessments. We would put them in the tea bag, and then we had a big, long rope on the tea bag, and we would dunk it off the city's bridge into, you know, a canal or river, whatever waterway was available in the city, and basically make a big spectacle of our our uh, property tax notices. Hmm. And also at the same time, um, a lot of people were unhappy with the very same mayor that came after me, so we sort of harnessed all that energy of angst toward the mayor and focused it like a laser beam through an entire summer full of hilarious antics. So where would you like to start? Uh, hilarious antics. That sounds like fun. What what uh, what was that all about? Okay. Well, I I guess the first hilarious antic I ever did was before I became a tax activist. It was back when the city had its zoning suit going, and as part of their zoning suit, after I filed um, an answer to the courts to their complaint against me, um, they said that. They wanted to have city officials come into my house with cameras and measuring tapes. They wanted to measure my whole house. Um, Evidently, I think they thought that they could twist things and get me on maybe having too much of my square footage of my house devoted to this home-based business, which was totally legal. Yeah, and even if they – and no matter what, you you would have had too much space. I mean, if it was a closet, it would have been too much space. Well, it's interesting. They actually dropped this, and I think the reason they dropped that um, that particular path of pursuit against me is because of how we greeted them when they arrived. Um, I decided that I would have a submissive there in collar, mm. and he he was someone that was around my house a lot, serving them tea and cookies. <laughs> And then I brought in a couple of people I knew in the media that were you know, interested in this story, but friendly, mm-hmm. and I had them 
photographing the city officials photographing my house, and I sort of turned it into a bit of a circus and had people over and and sort of made it a, a light, fun affair, including my lawyer. He was there, too, watching every minute of it. So we sort of turned the tables back on them, and nice. I think it sent a clear message that, you know, I'm not going to go away. I like that. They come um, to, uh, to come to your house with cameras, and you come back with cameras. You you have cameras ready for them when they arrive to photograph them. That uh, bureaucrats don't like being not to mention uh, that, but some guy, some guy in a in a diaper and a collar, right? <laughs> Well, no, he didn't have a diaper on. He had on a black T-shirt and black slacks. But, you know, I... (laughs) Did you administer a spanking to him while they were there? I don't want to give your listeners the wrong impression that it was like that that overboard, but... (laughs) Um, And then we did other things, um, too, like um, we made these yards of shame. They were... we, We would get together in a guy's garage with you know, a bunch of art supplies, and I went on to the city's website and took all the heads of our city councilors that voted to raise our county option income tax right on the back of these massive property taxes. And these tax bills were so much higher. I I mean, some of my neighbors had bills that went up a 1000 a month. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Can you imagine the government puts a gun to your head and says, you owe us $1,000 more a month? Yeah, it is imaginable because that's what they do. Hang on, Melissa. We're going to bring you back. You've got time to, to stick with us, right? Sure. All right, great. More with uh, Melissa, Miss Ann Donaghy in moments. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can bring up absolutely anything, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features there are free, including our listening options. We've got live streams available around the clock, broadband and dial-up versions, our webcam, and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen again all day long, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All available free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. These days, uh, just like me, most people include multivitamins as part of their, their regular diets. But with uh, so much of this, that stuff out there, where do you start? Well, let's talk to Mike Buck all the way from Hawaii about na- uh, New Zealand's Nature B. Mike Buck? Hello there, guys. And you know, you're right. And Nature B is the only supplement on the planet with a money-back guarantee. Let me tell you something. If you're a regular vitamin popper, here's a pop quiz. How many different supplements are you taking every day? Do you know what's in them? Is it chemicals? <laughs> uh, how much do you feel better for this stuff? And by the way, can you tell which of them really work? Well, I, I sure feel great today, From uh, and I take my Nature B every day, particularly because now I know that plant pollen contains all the vitamins and minerals that I need for, for maximum energy. It absolutely does. I mean, you know, you can go to the health food stores and get very confused, hundreds and hundreds of different bottles. You just don't need them. Nature B is going to change your day, even your attitude. It's a power pack. You take those two little capsules first in the morning, 150 micronutrients, you're good to go. 
Is there any kind of real difference from taking nature? Because I've noticed multivitamins. I've just I've taken those all my life, and I've never noticed a difference from taking them. After you start taking nature beef for a little while, different folks feel different things. Unexpected energy is one of the big benefits, but a beautiful night's sleep, and that gives you help to get through the day. So there is the difference. And by the way, you can sell the difference because of that money-back guarantee. Six-month supply, still just $99.95 plus delivery, and Free Talk Live gets three more months for free, right to your door with that money-back guarantee. Call the toll-free number and find out for yourself, one 834 8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or online, you bet. Nature B. That's naturebe.com. You know, um, since I've started taking Nature B, I've never slept better in my life. So be like me. Do it. Call them at 866-834-8355 right now or click on naturebee.com. We're on with Melissa Miss Ann Donahue, formerly known as Miss Ann. That's how we knew her five years ago when we had her on the show the first time to talk about how uh, the city thugs in Indianapolis were attacking her because she was running a business out of her home and I guess she didn't fill out their paperwork and give them uh, bribe money, so they decided to go after her for it. Uh, Melissa, you're back with us here, and the excitement didn't end there. You uh, you got involved in, this, in some kind of very silly antics that uh, got some good press attention for you and embarrassed the politicians, and you were beginning to tell us uh, some of those stories. Oh, yeah, and I'm so glad that I have this opportunity to do so. The reason I wanted to come back on again is because I think that there has got to be thousands of your listeners out there that are right now being nudged to do something, Mm. to just get up and do something. For me, it was to get up and get on my bicycle and ride house to house and tell my neighbors to get their pitchforks and go meet at the governor's mansion on the 4th of July to protest what just landed um, in their mailboxes in the form of a property tax bill. But if you're getting that nudge out there, it's I think that it's like a nudge from the divine, and you you should answer the call. And what is extraordinary when you answer the call, it's so amazing because you get these tools and these resources that seem to just fall out of the sky at the exact moment that you need them, and there is like this whole flow that's created. And it is absolutely the most extraordinary thing I've ever experienced, and it's just because I got up and I did what I thought was right. And another thing... I happen to agree with that. Uh, uh, by the way, Miss Ann, uh, or I keep calling you Miss Ann. You don't mind that, though, right? Mm-hmm. You uh, can call me Miss Ann. I okay. don't care. Well, uh, well, another thing, Miss Ann, is that uh, you're, you're absolutely right. When people are, are feeling like they should do something, if they get up and they do it, then there's, some, there's a real synergy that can be created because others will be inspired by their, uh, their example and they will find the courage within themselves to also stand up and uh, speak out or, or or maybe engage in civil disobedience and non-cooperation and, and getting active in, in some way, shape, or form. We've certainly seen that uh, really to quite an extent up here in New Hampshire with the Free State Project. Uh, hundreds of people literally moving together in order to get active uh, for freedom. So absolutely agree. People should uh, do more than just complain. And you know that um, the Free State Project is something near and dear to my heart, and I've moved along now to the point where I sit and fantasize about uh, New Hampshire real estate, and I get on your blogs, and I look around, and, you know, I'm starting to learn about your state because one day I may want to move there. But for now, 
Indiana, I, I think, is still where I belong. And in working with the network here that we established that we kind of informally call the Justice League, I'm Catwoman. <laughs> um, but uh, we a have a whole host of characters that are involved with this. And again, I can't stress enough how important it is if your listeners are being nudged to do something that they do it. And it is so easy to focus on a local level and get something done. A lot of our media focuses our attention at Washington. The new Tea Parties that have started up are all focused on federal issues. But literally, we have filthy backyards. And I, I believe that if everybody just worked on cleaning up their own backyard, um, you know, worked on issues like state sovereignty and Tenth Amendment, and focus their energies there, I think that we would get a whole lot more done. Um, I agree. And, I think you know, politics is. I think politics is local every time because it's it, it's how you live your life on the local level, which will uh, trickle up to the top. Focusing on these bigger issues is easy when you have the media because uh, you know the the media says, well. Everybody knows Barack Obama is the president for everybody, but not everybody has the state senator, same state senators, um, same even representative in the same in some states. Obviously, most states. So it's um, it it's it's not possible for the media to focus on uh, you know representatives and what they're they're doing, and it's not possible for them to focus on local issues. It's much easier for the media to just kind of take the big picture, and that's where people end up focusing. And it you know it's not the place they should be. I think this is I think your story, uh, Miss Anna, is a great example of somebody who was you were busy with your own life, you were doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden the government comes along and chooses you to be uh, its next victim. And you didn't just roll over and take it like so many other people did. You stood up for what you believed in. You got active, and it, it ended up turning into something even bigger. Uh, as you're pointing out, you've got your own website. or I guess you're involved with Hoosier, Hoosiers for Fair Taxation.com. Now, I don't think taxation yeah, can ever be fair. Blog. But, okay, that's, that's the your blog. The blog was started to document our activism. Got basically. it. And so can folks who are maybe in Indianapolis or listening in Indiana get in touch with you via that, uh, that website? Yeah, I'll put a link with my email up. And also, if your listeners want to know blow by blow how we did everything, all they have to do is go back to the very first blog entry Mm -hmm. and read forward. Great. Well, I want to encourage them to do that. Hopefully, we're not getting preempted by sports tonight. I looked at uh, WXNT's schedule, and I don't think that we are, so we probably have our indie audience listening to you. And, Miss Ann, I want to thank you for coming on Free Talk Live and uh, giving us an update tonight. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate hearing from you. And again, uh, Indiana folks, go to HoosiersForFairTaxation.com if you want to get in touch with Miss Ann, get involved with uh, with her. Uh, exciting, I think, uh, creative brand of activism. And I thank you for the call tonight, Miss Ann. We'll talk to you again. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. It's Saturday night on Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and we're here to talk to you about whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves. 
800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us, including our news updates. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You'll receive uh, updates in whatever ways you think are best. Uh, you can get them via email or Twitter or Facebook. So head on over to news.freetalklive.com. Dot com. I just sent out an update this afternoon announcing that uh, our interview with uh, radio talk show host and internet phenomenon Alex Jones uh, is now up on our website for the for your downloading convenience. And I just have to say I am so amused by some of his listeners' responses to our interview on his show. If you go to the YouTube, uh, his I guess one of his listeners has a YouTube channel where he posts all of Alex's videos. Uh, that Alex has his own channel where he posts his videos, but he doesn't have the comment option turned on. But one of his listeners reposts them all with the comment option turned on, and I was reading those today. Very, very funny. They uh, they think that we're uh, we're New World Order infiltrators and uh, tools. And my the favorite my favorite one is where they call uh, one of them calls us crackpots. So one of uh, Alex Jones listeners yeah, this calling is conspir- us basically crackpots. conspiracy theorist show, which right. is a great one. Um, it's it's the best of its genre and well researched. But and I thought we had a good conversation with yeah. him. Really, I, yeah. I, I thought it was productive. And Just saying, it's it's kind of funny. It was friendly. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you can go get that, and you'll you'll know first when we do things like that uh, because we send it out to the news lists over at news.freetalklive.com. That's how you can get signed up. Uh, our number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Coming up, morality. And uh, somebody critiquing us on on our position on the Arizona, um, this boycott of Arizona businesses. And I want to get into that, but I'm going to go to your phone calls first because your calls are the point of the show. Let's go first to Don listening in Tampa to WFLA. Hello, Don. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is Don in Tampa. Yes, Don. You're that on the air. Thing in, that thing in Arizona where they uh, they say they don't want to. Uh, cost people and make them prove who they are and stuff like that. You know, uh, here in Florida, I was leaving church early and, and they uh, called the cops and had me produce my identification and I didn't think I needed an ID to walk to walk from church, so I didn't produce it and they Good arrested me to get to get my ID. Really? On what charge? Yeah. One they made up. Disorderly they I conduct. Obstructing. I was obstructing. I was obstructing an officer, but he was obstructing me. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. For them to call the police, you know, it's like 10 years after George Bush declared Jesus a Republican. When did this uh, happen to you? Was this very recent? This is uh, January 24th, three days after they decided that the uh, corporation can spend any amount of money to to, uh, influence elections. So you're walking down the street in Tampa, Florida. I'm walking out of church. And the cops decide they want to get your ID from you because somebody, they don't like the way you somebody, look. Somebody from the church called called the police, and the, and the police asked me for my ID, and, and I, I said no, and I'm not going to give them my ID. And uh, you know, I didn't know you had to have in Germany in 1939. You have to produce your papers to yeah. prove who you are, and in Arizona, you have to produce your papers to prove who you are. But apparently, now in Florida, you I, have I, to I as well. This is very typical. Even if it's illegal what they did, even if it's against their own rules, uh, they'll just do it anyway, and they'll be found uh, exonerated. They'll be exonerated after the fact by what, some court. What happened in the church that uh, there was the, the police were called? I, I, I've been in plenty of churches, never had the police called. What, what happened? Did you ever leave early? Uh, I've left church early. Sure. Well, I, I went to the the Unity Church across the street, 
I walked up and down the aisle, and there weren't any seats in the center aisle. So I went across the street to the Unitarian Church, and the guy in the Unity Church got his nose out of joint. So he called the police and, you know, started saying, he met me at the door of the other church. He said, don't go in there. They don't want you. And I've, I've been to the, both churches. You know, I was married in the Unity Church, and I was I presented a, a open issues forum at the uh so wait a minute. Let me see if I'm following this. The guy from the Unity Church called the cops on you because you were going to go to the Unitarian Church because he believed that the Unitarian Church didn't want you? Well, I walked up and down the aisle of the Unity Church without being seated. You know, I, there were no seats in the center aisle. I walked out of that church, and he called the cops. And when, he, when I got to the door of the Unity, Unitarian Church after parking in the back of the lot, he met me at the door of the Unitarian Church. He says, don't go in there. They don't want you here. It's crazy. You know, I've been to the Unitarian Church. I presented a presented an issue, presented an open issues for him on federal election law in uh, August of 2007. And, you know, they pretty much knew who I was. I, the Unitarians I, I are pretty open-minded folks, from what I understand. Mark, you used to go to Unitarian Church. Would they have turned well, someone I, away? I like, the, I like their open issues for them, where you get to about 9.30 every morning every place in the United States. They have a discussion. You know, I like I like two-way conversations. Hey, Mark, uh, you used to go to a Unitarian church. Would they have turned someone away who was they, coming from another they, church? I, I never saw them uh, turn anyone away. I mean, they, they've... They, it seemed, it the doesn't Unitarian seem like... Minister, the Unitarian minister holds the, the, the short blonde guy from the uh, Unity Church up for the person who called the police. Hmm. You know, we didn't call the police, he says. They called the police. So what uh, what's going on with the arrest? I mean, they arrested you to get identification from you, and then I presume they let you go once they processed you? What happened after that? Uh, I got to I got to the jail. I put my hands on the counter like they asked me to. I said, I want a lawyer who can, who can uh, take a case to the U.S. Supreme Court who's qualified to argue constitutional law. I kept repeating that over and over again. And uh, they put me in solitary confinement. <laughs> When, yeah, they... when, I came, when I came up to have my picture taken, they asked me a question. I didn't answer him. I said, I need a lawyer who can practice constitutional law, and I want to, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they put me back in solitary confinement. And then they, they, uh, they Baker acted me. They said I was a danger to myself wow. and others. And, uh, you know, I thought I had the right to remain silent. When they asked me a question, I said, I just said, I need a lawyer who can practice constitutional law to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm afraid you've, only- you, you, you've committed one of the highest offenses in the nation, and it is uh, sometimes punishable by up to death. It is contempt of cop. And, um, you know, if you don't do what these guys with these Napoleon complexes, these petty tyrants in some cases, mm-hmm. certainly not all police are this way, but, but I'll tell you, it, it seems more and more it's looked, it, they just look away. When, well, when, when one of their own is doing it, they, they just look away. The idea that a man to, should have to produce his idea. What's that? I used to have a Miranda warning. There was no Miranda warning. And the only thing I was doing was exactly what the Miranda warning used to say. Yeah. Well, in fact, our friend, uh, Don, our friend uh, Sam from ObscuredTruth.com spent 58 days in jail last year because he, like you, refused to answer their questions. He, uh, inv- you know, was using his right, so-called right to remain silent. But uh, apparently, even though you have a right to remain silent, they have a right to put you behind bars for as long as they want to on things like contempt of court charges, uh, which is what, uh, you you know, they can hit somebody with any old time they want to or, or make some crap up like, uh, uh, like disobeying an officer or disorderly conduct or some other catch-all uh, crime that they can charge people with. It's absolutely outrageous. So did they find you guilty down the line? Has that played out yet, or have well, you gone to trial? I filed a writ. When, I, when I got to the nut house, I filed a writ saying that I wanted an attorney. There was no Miranda rights read. 
I needed an attorney that could argue to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I explained it all in the writ that I filed, and I never got an attorney. I went to face their psychiatrist in the morning and three mental health workers. I had my website on the back of my T-shirt and, and rated subhuman on the front, and they asked me to explain it. And I said, I filed an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court to be heard in the case of Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission. And I declared as a candidate for president of the United States Democrat every single election cycle for 23 years. And I proved my qualifications, and I'm against the federal election law of 1971. So, Don, we've got to wrap the story up quick. Did they let you out? What happened? They let me out and now prost it. No prost. So after yeah. all of that time. So, I mean, is there going to be a way that you can sue them back for false arrest? Probably not, right? I don't know. I can't find a lawyer right now to take the case. I keep right. calling these... They're scared. You know, you're absolutely right about that. I had a friend uh, when I was down in Sarasota, Florida, uh, that's where I was born and raised. A friend of mine was harassed by the police, kept on the side of the road for hours as they searched through his car. They brought dogs out. They scratched up his paint job, tore up his carpet, just destroyed his vehicle. And he went around looking for a lawyer who could take the case. And none of them, none of them that he talked to in Sarasota, Florida, wanted to go up against the police department. They're all scared. I thank you, Don, for the call. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'd recommend you go to freestateproject.org. Learn about the Free State Project. Get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are willing to make a stand for freedom. We'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. It's so sad, though. This stuff's happening all across the country. 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to share whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. We're here to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations across the country and bring more internet listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the program. You get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, as well as a podcast. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month with any major credit card, PayPal, alternative options available as well. amp.freetalklive.com. In fact, I got an email from an amplifier here that uh, he's he's quitting his amp, and I wanted to uh, to share that and his reasons why in a little bit. But first, we'll continue with your phone calls. Uh, Joe, listening in Arizona, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Joe. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight, Joe? Um, well, I had uh, something I wanted to bring up, but the last caller kind of brought something else to my mind regarding the Arizona law and uh, the, the the drug war. Um, I wanted to bring something up regarding the, the global surveillance state. Um, now, I'm sure you know, I, you know, I've heard you talk about the this, this surveillance in the U.S. Uh, here in Phoenix, there's, there's cameras basically on every street corner. Mm-hmm. And around the U.S., uh, I mean, these cameras are everywhere. In the U.K., it's, it's incredible the amount of CCTV cameras they have. Yeah, they literally have but, millions of cameras in yeah, London alone. I, I wasn't. 
I wasn't sure if you were aware of um, a recent news story um, regarding a pilot program that's being implemented in a, a pretty large city across the border in Mexico in the, the state of Sonora. Um, a private company out of Dallas has implemented like a, a multi-year $10 million, $20 million program to, um, they, they're coupling with a, with a local um, communications company in the city and working with the state security, state police to um, have facial recognition cameras in the city. And it's all, of course, based on the premise that they want to fight the, the drug trafficking. Um, what, what's really um, disturbing kind of is the company out of Dallas is kind of an offshoot of a company that, that's involved with the Bush family. And I'm not sure if you know Jeb Bush. Um, he was involved in a security company uh, back in 2001. But um, I found it really disturbing that they're trying or saying they're trying to fight this drug war and these, uh, you know, these drug traffickers with, with this company that has potential ties to the CIA. And, you know, it's going into Mexico. And um, So you're yeah, saying they're putting cameras up in Mexico or in... Uh United States. Yes. yes, in a city in Mexico. In Mexico. It's called Hermosillo. Gotcha. Uh, it's, uh, it's about a million people. That's about. Well, uh, maybe the technology is better these days, but uh, a while back they tried that in Ybor City in Tampa and it didn't work very well, so they, uh, they ended up scrapping the program. I imagine the tech is uh, better today, but I, you're still, it's the government, so they're going to screw something up, and that usually is going to mean that people will be false identified as somebody that's wanted. Uh, that means that people will end up getting arrested who should not have been arrested, and uh, it's never going to be, a, it's never a good thing when you put the government in charge of anything, uh, even if it's just identifying criminals, because they're going to botch it up. I mean, look at all the people that have been uh, on death row, released from death row over the last couple of decades, because later on, they were exonerated. Two hundred, yeah, they were exonerated. Not by, all of them have been exonerated, but yeah. Well, they were exonerated far enough to not be on death row anymore, right? So uh, they, they well, were, I, I, I just was. I had made the statement. Yeah, the, the, the some people got pardoned um, in Illinois, but there were more than a hundred and fifty people have been exonerated. Um, you know, found not guilty, released from prison from death row since the early seventies. I mean, it just goes to show how incompetent the government is in finding guilty parties. Yeah, I want to thank you for the call tonight, Joe. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And, and this is something you can expect more of as this crackdown continues on uh, terrorism and immigration and drug dealers and whatever other specter uh, comes next for the government to, uh, the scapegoat, for the government to put all the blame on. The, all the problems in society are coming from fill-in-the-blank. Uh, and, and so they're going to come up with more ways to create this Orwellian police state that is currently being built as we speak. It's happening. Uh, they're putting together programs, as he's pointing out, with cameras popping up all over the place. What was it? At Houston, they had the drones flying over the cities now instead of cops in their yeah, cars. Yeah, the Predator drones. <laughs> right. Unmanned uh, via, uh, unmanned planes flying uh, about the skies with cameras mounted on them. That's pretty scary. Uh, of course, New York City popping up cameras everywhere. These are, Chicago. Weapons, these are weapons of war. And if the government is employing weapons of war against its citizens, I, I think it, I find that to be an extraordinarily crazy, dangerous thing. So you've got all that. You've got police the, have tanks now. Yeah, you've got the right the militarization of the police. You've got uh, you've got the snitch programs that encourage Americans to uh, to snitch out their friends and their family, uh, whether it's to the IRS to or those zoning officials. I mean everything. Right. 
Right. They've got they've got a program uh, that they piloted out in a, in a I don't have the story in here in front of me recent um, with the kids it, yeah with the kids Kentucky it was in Kentucky yeah. to um, you know to have them just look for zoning violations and get uh, you know awards and treats and things like yeah. that for turning their you know their their neighbors in on their way home yep exactly right so there there are all kinds of stories like this when across I, the news when I was a child uh, sitting in my mom's uh, 1971 cutlass uh the the, uh, the 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 sparkly rust brown color with a cabriolet top that she had uh, you know one of the ways that she explained how we were different than the than the ruskies the ruskies you know the bad guys at the time mm-hmm. was that they would have their kids uh they, they in school they would encourage the children to snitch on the parents i have no idea if this was done but um you know that's what i was told it's done here and now here in the united states that's what the schools are encouraging the kids to do to yep. snitch on their own parents yeah, in, in Dare class, for instance, uh, Dare Dare students in some cases will be We're asked. Help your your parents, kids. Right, right. Yeah, just tell us if your if your parent if you kids if you know your parents are smoking pot, then just just tell me. I'm friendly officer Dare, and you can tell me, and we'll get your parents the help they need. Which means they're going to help them into a jail cell as they help the kids into a, a foster home where they'll be molested, or likely be molested. Certainly not with their parents. Yeah. I mean, what's worse, a child living in a, in the home with a, a parent or two that smokes marijuana, which as far as I'm concerned is less harmful than, than alcohol. The, mm-hmm. the most harmful thing about marijuana is the fact that it, the government has made it illegal. Um, the Or to have that kid in a foster home while his parents are serving time, and all of us have to pay for it. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, so you, it's just across the board, and now you've got people calling for more police statism. They want more identification requirements. They want more cameras. They want raids of businesses. Those have been happening, too, where uh, these government goons will come in, kick in a door. You know, you normally, when you see the SWAT team out with their uh, their military gear, you expect it to be a drug raid. which Some is Some kind of criminal charge. Right. It's bad enough on its own that they're doing all those drug raids and they're hurting people and they're raiding the wrong homes, etc. But uh, normally, when you see that happening, you think it's a drug raid. Well, no. Now they've got immigration raids where they go into businesses and they c- kick in doors and they check people's IDs and they check uh, check through the filing Doing cabinets. paperwork. Right. And uh, and then they round up a bunch of workers and they, they put a business out of business. And, of course, okay. people are cheering it on. Say, Get those illegals! Yeah, get them! Don't well, forget that those, uh, that those people they're rounding up, by and large, have children. And then right. what, what happens with the kids? You're, you're destroying families, of course. But that doesn't matter to the people that, uh, that want to crack down. They're, they're not humans, Mark. Uh, and so, therefore, they don't deserve to be treated as such. And so they just, you know, it just continues to get worse. Now they've got this program. The federal government has, uh, what is it called? It's like an ID check program where basically a verification or something like that, where the it's in a test phase now. It's not mandated. It's in a test phase where companies can join voluntarily. So companies like Dunkin' Donuts, which is why I don't uh, eat at Dunkin' Donuts, have joined in the early test phase. And basically the idea is that when somebody goes to get a job at one of these places, they have to run their name. They run their names voluntarily through a federal database to verify that they have their papers and that they can work in the United States. And so they run the name, and if the name doesn't pass, they don't get the job. And they want to implement that program across the board, every con- uh, every company around the co- uh, the country. And to add to that, they want to have a, a worker identification card. Now, you heard about Real ID a few years ago. That got kind of shot down, thank goodness. Uh, but but now it's just coming it's through back. the back door. Right. They're just going to bring the, the, the Real ID, which America and the states said, 
no to. Um, they're going to bring it back in the form of this worker working this worker card because who who I mean who would have had the real IDs anyway? People uh, young enough to to still be driving and the and and old enough to drive. Mm-hmm. So those will be the people with the IDs anyway. Those are the people that are generally working. There are certainly some people who have retired. It's ninety nine percent. I mean ninety eight, ninety five percent. Ninety in the ninety percentile. So so get ready, because the national ID card is coming back, and are you going to cheer it on when it happens? Or are you going to, yeah, get them illegals, I'll be happy to show my national ID, whatever it is. I'll carry it around with me everywhere I go, even in the shower, I'll have it with me, because I'm a good citizen, and I'll do whatever it is I'm told. 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, you can bring up whatever you want. We'll talk about morality or whatever's on your mind, coming back, hour two. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live it's the live saturday edition of the program you are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 1-800-259-9231 That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You can actually log into the site and submit different ideas that we might use on the air, show prep stuff like uh, news stories or videos or whatever you think our listeners will like. And then once you submit it to the site, other listeners can vote up or vote down, and then the most Popular stories will make it to the front page and the top of our website. By the way, tonight it's Ian and Mark. Uh, We're going to take your calls about absolutely anything. And I've got an email that I want to share that uh, of somebody who is pulling their financial support from Free Talk Live. And we'll explain why and take on his issue if we get a chance. But your calls come first and ladies come first. So let's go to Melissa listening somewhere in North Carolina. Melissa, where are you in uh, North Carolina, if I might ask? Um, Outside of Raleigh. Okay, very good. So uh, what's on your mind tonight? Okay, I just want to applaud you all for addressing the issue of the abuse of police in this country. And I'm really surprised that more people, um, actually more public figures, uh, don't address this issue or even the media because it's just astounding how much abuse there is by the police, how they abuse their power. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like living with the KGB. And it's, it's terrifying. Absolutely. And I really don't know. I, I don't know why. No, do you know why no one speaks out against this? I mean, why well, is nothing said or well, done well, about well, this? When you say no one, you mean the media, like the major organizations? <laughs> Right, yeah, the new, and political figures. Why aren't they doing anything? I mean, I love Hillary Clinton. I think she's an amazing person, oh. but she speaks highly of the police. And I don't, I don't, understand I don't that. love any politicians. <laughs> I think they're all a bunch of uh, thugs. And uh, I think a lot of them are. I agree, but not to address one Well, the politicians are, are really more like wannabe thugs. They're too cowardly to actually involve themselves in the actual thuggery. That's why they hire so the police. They hire people. Uh, so, uh-huh. so, okay, so to answer your question, uh, because clearly Free Talk Live talks about it, and we're on the air on 79 stations across the country, so there are some people who are talking about about it. But in the mainstream media, uh, the reason why the mainstream media won't touch this stuff is because 
they are beholden to the police for news information. And the way it works is like this. Uh, when a news organization needs to get a comment on some sort of story that's happening in their local area, they go to the police department, and the police department has their public information bureaucrat that uh, gives them whatever info they're authorized to give them, and then the uh, the news organization parrots that out over the airwaves. Well, if all of a sudden the news organization starts questioning the police, they start uh, doing investigations on the police, and uh, starts outing the police for being corrupt, or outing the police for being generally awful towards people, or whatever. News Channel 9's ex- expose on corrupt police officials all of a sudden uh while that will get great ratings for them all of a sudden they cut off so uh the public information officer is no longer returning their phone calls uh they're not getting the press releases from uh the local police department because really the police while there are some of them who are good cops uh overall it's the thin blue line it's the brotherhood they're really just another criminal gang and so they they cut off the uh, the news media and they use their their um, their clout, if you will, to intimidate them basically into not reporting on the neg- negative stories about the police. Uh, so does that answer your question about the media? Uh, uh, yeah, it does. But you can't trust the mainstream media anyway. And I, I learned that several years ago. But um, I have to say, you know, I do kind of find that it it also depends on where you live. I've lived in North Carolina. I've lived in West Virginia, and I've lived in upstate New York, right near Syracuse. And I've noticed that the northern police where I lived were really respectful, decent, courteous. But the Mm. southern police in the West Virginia and North Carolina are horrible. I mean, just, you know, abusive. I mean, I have been, like, threatened and harassed because I couldn't pull out my driver's license fast enough at a DUI checkpoint. I mean, so badly that my children were in the car screaming, crying, because the police officer was... My kids told me later they thought he was going to shoot me. I mean, wow. that's, a, that's a crime. And then when I tried to report him to a superior officer, he tried to intimidate me and was very just yelling at me. And just it's just awful. And Your story not is like not this. uncommon either. And, and, and you're right. There are a lot of people that are experiencing this stuff, but the, the media cover, uh, essentially blacks it out. There are the occasional times when the media will do a good job. And I would refer you to the Police Complaint Center. I believe they're still calling themselves that. Uh, the Police Complaint Center, you can look for them online. They've, they've done some really great work over the last couple of decades. Undercover work, where, uh, speaking of southern cops, they went down to Florida, uh, South Florida, and they went from police department to police department, undercover with cameras and everything, and they sent a guy in uh, who was, you know, he's kind of good at doing this sort of thing. He, he went into each department and Former asked... police officer. Uh, yeah, I believe they're former cops. But uh, he went into each department and asked them for uh, their complaint process. Said he had a friend who wanted to make a complaint. And he wanted to get a form so he could take it home and you know allow his friend to fill that out. And most of the departments uh, claimed they didn't have a form that they would have to that the friend would have to come into the department, the very same department he wanted to complain about, uh, and complain in front of one of the officers who could very well have been the officer he wanted to complain about or a buddy of the officer he wanted to complain about. So they refused to give the form up. If the uh, department did have a form then they would refuse to allow the man to leave the department with the form so i mean the the entire thing was this process wow. of intimidation you think i mean it's a it's a piece of paper you you can't just take the piece right. of paper and leave the department and come back with it later no because they want to uh, they want to intimidate you they want to get information from you they want to extract uh, this information and in some cases they actually attacked the man uh, they arrested him in one case they uh, they slammed him into uh, uh, they they slammed him into a window in in the, with the receiving area 
area. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of intimidation they used against somebody who had what was supposedly a legitimate complaint against that particular police department. Well, he department's didn't even say officer. what the complaint was. He just went in and asked for a complaint right. form. Right. Well, I, you know, I think that YouTube, I thought, would try to help with a lot of this. And I actually saw a video not too long ago about a, a handicapped person, like a, a paraplegic. And they went in, they were arrested for something. And the cop told him to stand up. And he was like, I can't stand up. She took him and dumped him out of his wheelchair onto the ground. Yeah, that was in uh, Hillsborough County, I think, in Florida. So, and you know, your statement about southern versus northern cops, I don't have a whole lot of experience in the north. But I did move from Sarasota, Florida to uh, Keene, New Hampshire. And I can say that uh, I don't feel as intimidated by the uh, the police up here for whatever that's worth i think the cops up here are a cut above from well, my experience I, I think that if you're just going to draw draw a line across the united states and say these are the bad where the bad cops live and these were the good ones no live, that's you're not gonna, you're going to miss if no, you, no i'm not saying that mark i'm just saying i'm just giving my personal story as true. to uh to in general in general i think in general the northerner police officers seem to be better than the southern so the other you know, the, can, well I, i'm going to give my anywhere. i'm going to give my uh my, my take on it and i've uh, every encounter i've had with uh police whether it's in the south or in the north has been a pretty good one it has been a good one i've never I haven't, uh, you know, whether they were doing fundraising or not uh, by, uh, you know, giving out tickets, at the very least, they were cordial about it. That's my experience. So my other answer to your earlier question was, why isn't anyone talking? Your question, why isn't anyone talking about this in the mainstream? Uh, I answered the media side of the question. As far as the politicians are concerned, uh, the politicians feel as though if they say anything against the police, they will never have a chance to win another election because they believe there's this mentality. And this mentality exists. How widespread it is, I don't know. Uh, but they pander to the mentality that the police are heroes, that the police are uh, our friends, and that the police are, you know, w- that we need these uh, the cops out there doing what they're doing. They, they pander to that kind of pro-law enforcement, uh, nation of laws mentality, even though every single day people are aggressed against by the police, they're ticketed by the police, they have money extracted from them by the police. I think somebody that actually came out with a courageous uh, pro-freedom message, a, a, a and I'm not against the police, I'm against aggression i'm against uh i'm against hurting people that are peaceful i wish the police instead of being law enforcement officers just blindly enforcing uh these laws the politicians pass i wish they were peace officers where they were out there just if something is is uh wrong if there's a fight that they break it up uh that you know the the person who's harmed is is made to pay or the person who is uh is doing the harm is made to pay restitution to the person that they have harmed if the police were just out doing that sort of thing nobody would be afraid of them you wouldn't get the yeah. the, the racing uh, pulse uh, when the police pulls behind a police car pulls behind you and puts on i mean yeah. even if they put on their sirens or not when the cop just pulls behind you. I don't know about you, but I get that uh, that adrenaline yeah. rush. And absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I'd, I'd like to say something real quick. I know in other countries, like in Japan, for one, uh, people respect the police because they work with the police. The police work with the people. In this country, we all feel like the police are against us. Yeah, it's and an adversarial we, situation, and uh, I thank you for your, your time and your thoughts tonight, Melissa. I really appreciate it. We're going to move on here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the number for you. Again, if, if the cops will get back to uh, leave the adversarial role and move into a role of a peace officer, I'd have no problem with them. There's more coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves, but as long as they're arresting peaceful people, I'll be against them. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson. Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. 
For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. We're here to take your calls about whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. That's what validation is all about. You can go and get all the details, and if you are a lady listener, become a part of the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. I don't know if you've experienced the same thing that I have, but uh, as I've been getting older, it's harder to keep the weight off. And I can't take the uh, the diet pills that have the stimulants in them and stuff. I, I just can't. I, I can't handle stimulants. Not doing so good at getting to the gym. And, well, I've never been good at dieting. But I, I have found a product that works for me. And it's called uh, – the product's called Caraluma. And it is in a pill called Luma Thin Plus. You can go to LumaThinPlus.com and order today. They're having a special right now where if you get a three-month supply, they throw in an additional month uh, completely free. And uh, the shipping's included. And they're priced so that you can uh, spend less than a dollar a day to keep that weight off without changing your lifestyle in any way. It's just uh, rather than going to the gym and doing all the extra work and all that stuff, you can keep the weight off by going to LumaThinPlus.com today. All right, let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Richard is on the line in Tampa listening to WFLA. Hello, Richard. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, um, I, I was uh, listening to this thing, and I, I really wanted to call in about what you were talking about, about the cops. Here you are. What's on your mind? Uh, well, one thing I want to say is uh, I listened to your show a few times. I wasn't sure if you guys were liberal or conservative. You seem kind of libertarian, liberal mix. I don't know. I am definitely not uh, liberal or conservative, and I, I would have used the term libertarian maybe five years ago, but uh, these days I consider myself a voluntarist. Yeah, the libertarians aren't libertarian enough for us. Okay. Anyway, I like your show, but uh, you're talking about the cops. I, I, it, I have the same, the same opinion about it. You know, I, I grew up thinking, you know, everybody says well, the cops are all great and they're heroes and everything else. But uh, it seems like we turn into like a police state. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I drive to work at uh, 3:30 a.m. every day for my job. You must be a drunk. And uh, there's like uh, on my way to work, I, I cross like a dozen cops just waiting around to pounce on people. Yep. Do they give you, you know, any trouble? Whether it's for speeding or running a red light or, or maybe maybe they were drinking or, or maybe just stopping them and hassling them. Do they, do they, have they given you any trouble on the way going to work um, at 3.30 in the morning? Because, I mean, just driving, driving at 3.30 in the morning is suspicious behavior as far as uh, exactly, it's, it's life Exactly. Today. And then when you do, if you do run into a problem, they're extremely rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to, they don't want to try to help you out or anything. They're just like, they, they want to criminalize you. And it's just every time they hear them talk about uh, they want to cut the budget somewhere, and they say, oh, we have to lay off cops and all that, I'm thinking, oh, we have too many. They're just sitting around waiting to pounce on everybody. 
That's what they do. They're a revenue. They're glorified revenue collectors yeah. uh, for the state, and they and that's and pounce is an accurate word. I mean, they're really aggressing against people uh, like you know vicious animals, and they're not serving me. That you know who they're really protecting and serving. They protect and serve the state. Uh, they don't act. Like, they don't act like servants. They act like masters, and that's their role. Their role is to tell you what to do. You jump, or else they put you in. Uh, you know, they put you in a cage. Well, not only that, when you you do have uh, you know running with them, where they pull over you for a traffic stop or whatever, I mean they 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 treat you, they they look down on you, and they you know if you try to talk to them or reason with them, <laughs> I, mean, I mean the way they treat you, they, they I'm just doing my doing job. Guilty. You know, they, they, they've got all these uh, cliches that they can just trot out to excuse why it is they're enacting violence upon peaceful people. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Mike listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. How you guys doing? Hey, Mike, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I'm one of those jackbooted thugs driving around right now. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> as, as you mentioned, those uh, cliches I'll trot out for you. You know, what are you wearing right now underneath your shirt? Nothing. Do you have anything underneath your shirt? I got a bulletproof vest on. Okay? And as I'm driving around the city of Indianapolis tonight, I'm fairly certain that I'm going to get home tonight. Fairly certain. But I don't know it. And when I tell somebody on a traffic stop that I want to see their hands, it's not because I'm a jerk. It's because I'm not going to get shot. Okay? Mm -hmm. As many police officers have been shot. Now, now why were you pulling them over in the first place? Well, my, I'm a DUI supervisor. My job is to drive around and look for intoxicated drivers. I look for driving behaviors. Mm-hmm. If someone's left the center, going back and forth in the lane, it's my – hold on just, just a moment. You know, I don't, I don't mind you know, while you're uh, putting me on hold. Sorry about that. I was – not a problem. Uh, look, look. I understand if you've got people out there that are uh, dangerous drivers. Doesn't bother me that uh, you're working to take those folks off the road. I think there's a there's an appropriate role uh, for the police, and I think they've gone far beyond uh, their their intended role. And I think that uh, I don't have a problem when it, if I get pulled over, I know that you guys are uncomfortable. And that's why I put my hands up on the steering right. wheel uh, because I don't want to make you nervous. I don't want to make some uh, cop with an itchy trigger finger uh, decide to put a uh, you know a itchy taser in trigger me. finger. Yeah. How many police officers are there in this country, and how many of them have ever pulled a trigger? That may be the stupidest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. Uh, well, now, I mean, plenty of cops pull triggers. Before you go on calling me stupid, before you go on calling me stupid, there are plenty of stories well, about cops that have killed thing. people and gotten away with it. I did not it. say you were stupid. I said you said a stupid thing. How many tens of thousands of police officers in this country, and how many have actually ever shot at someone? I've been shot at twice. I've never pulled the trigger. How many, just talk okay, to this week? I how many even, states? I didn't even unholster my gun when I got shot at. One of them was shooting me, shooting at me with an SKS, and good. I didn't unsho- unholster good for, my gun. Good for you. Gun. You're very, uh, very well, reticent to do that. Now, Mark, are who, you kidding? Who were you talking to this week on your extended edition, Mark? Who did you talk to? Jim Dunsing? Yeah, the guy guy got shot in the in the back by a po- officer that had just tased him, um, an unarmed man. But I do want to point out um, that three states, since we're playing a quiz game here, um, how many states have uh, have made it illegal to videotape police officers in the course of their duties? And Not why? Indiana, I don't know. The answer is Not three. Indiana, and I don't know why. The answer is three. And I've got no problem. Right. Well, in Indiana, perhaps that's true. But I can tell you that if a police officer doesn't like that I'm videotaping him. 
he can do all kinds of things. Uh, you know, there's a sure. th- there's obstruction and disorderly conduct and disorderly all those other conduct, things, which will probably end up losing in the long run because you don't so lose anything, lose sir. Office. You don't lose crap. Right. You, I have will, to pay for will, an attorney. I guarantee. Listen to me, for God's sake. Let me finish a sentence. We will probably end up losing disorderly conduct. I came on 24 years ago. Okay, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, a snot-nosed rookie here. I thought that we would lose disorderly conduct as a charge 10 years ago because it's over. It's it, we call it FWP. You know, when you're messing with the police, you're going to go to jail. Look, and, and you know what? In the broad scope of things, it does happen. Someone is interfering with the police officer. We just recently had a very, very high-profile case in Indianapolis where a 15-year-old kid got got roughed up by a by a police officer on the east side. I know the officer. He's a he's a very intelligent kid. He's he's a hard worker. He made a mistake and he went on too long and he got fired for it. That's he's pretty no unusual. Sure, but if I wow. but if yeah, I rough okay. somebody up, I go to jail. And it's a different Please. kind that's the truth. The fact is if I yeah, go out go and I beat the crap out of somebody, what? I'm not gonna just you lose my what? job. Tell you what, we'll bring it back you here, Mike. I know you, you don't feel like you've gotten a fair shake, so uh, hang on. If you'd like to stick with us, I know you're on probably on the job here, so you've got to go, I understand. But I feel like uh, there's a different standard for criminal justice clearly. in this country for police and for regular Mark, citizens. Mark, can you make a note? Uh, a point, you want to make, make sure you get to the point about how they don't ever lose. When even if they throw the charges out, we'll come back to that here. And the, off, the per- officer personally very rarely loses anything. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free and bringing up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download right there on the front page of the website. Or you can go back to our podcast all the way to the beginning of 2009. It's all free for you. At freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live. Sign up at HostGator.com to get your first month completely free. It's Coupon code FTL at HostGator.com. All right, so we, we've been talking about the uh, the police state that uh, continues to build here in this country and actually uh, ended up getting a police officer uh, allegedly on the line with us here. Uh, Mike is on the line from WX. I believe him. Listening to WXNT in uh, Tampa. I, I have no reason to disbelieve him. Uh, XNT in Tampa? Allegedly? Excuse me, yeah, WXNT in Indianapolis. So, Mike, you're, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Mark, uh, you wanted to make a point about the police losing uh, in a case uh, that you didn't have a chance to make, so go right. ahead with that. Uh, yeah, Mike, I I didn't mean to, to talk over you there, um, but, you oh, know, one of the thing about the adversarial system that, that we have here is that the police are protected by sovereign immunity and qualified immunity from uh, the, the responsibilities of their actions. So when a police officer just decides to give me disorderly conduct and you claim it's going to go away at some point, and that may very well be true. But until then, um, if they decide to give me disorderly conduct because I'm, you know, holding a sign on the street or I, I don't, you know, do whatever it is, jump and do whatever it is that they do, they don't. 
uh, they don't have to pay to bring a court case against me. They don't have to pay for an attorney to prosecute me. They don't have to do all kinds of things, whereas I have to. Somebody to... does. It, it's not free. It's paid for. Pre- paid taxpayers paid by, by the citizens. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So what your point, the point free. is that you aren't liable for your actions. If you arrest somebody and then they no-pross the charges, you know, they drop the charges. Uh, like the guy that called earlier tonight, I don't know if you heard his call, but he was walking down the, uh, walking out of a church. Uh, some cops demanded ID from him. He refused to show it, so they charged him with uh, obstructing justice or some nonsense like that. They arrested him, Baker acted him, held him for days, then no-pross the charges, and uh, there's nothing for that can be done. contempt of cop. There's nothing that can be done about that, and that cop will never have to pay any kind of restitution for that man's, uh, you know, five days of his life right. that he lost. Right, and and that's his version of it. If I'm an alleged police officer, let me go ahead and say I guarantee there's a couple more facts he didn't bother to fill you in on, because the policeman, I guarantee you, didn't sit across the street from a church saying, "Hey, let's wait for the next guy we see coming out of that church that we don't like for some weird mm-hmm. reason." Someone and called the cops ID on him and used right. some sort of vague uh, state, you know, law, local ordinance that says he has to identify himself. I can only speak to Indianapolis and Indiana in particular. There is no law that states that you have to identify yourself. It wouldn't probably go very well. But no, there's bottom, no law like that in line. Florida either. Unless you're unless you're driving a car, there's there's no law exactly. anywhere that uh, that makes it so you have to identify yourself. If you're just walking right. on the street somewhere, but that right. doesn't matter so to how, the cops because they'll make it up as they go along. And when they look, make I, it up, I, there's no consequences I've, for them. Look, I've I've fought my cases involving sovereign immunity, and and specifically. When you're talking to someone from the Office of Corporation Counsel, you're talking to somebody, you know, the chief's legal advisor or whoever, and they say, look, here's the complaint. And, and I've I worked in the administration division for seven years. I know a little bit about this. And they say, look, here, this officer's getting sued for X, Y, or Z. And here's why we think we shouldn't have to answer to that. And they discuss sovereign immunity. And, and I'm offended every single time. I don't want to hear sovereign immunity. I want to hear that my actions were justified. Not that, gee, you, you're not even allowed to talk about my actions. You talk about my actions. I'd be more than happy to stand up for my actions. I'll stand behind what I did. And I think 95% of officers would. That's what so deeply offended me. I would not have picked up the phone and called you guys had you not thrown out the word they over and over and over, as if it's some sort of, look, this is a a tent that I'm going to throw over everybody who does this job. You couldn't be more wrong about the number of people who do that. I'll go ahead and I'll throw us under the bus. Who do what? I'm sorry. The number of people who do what? the, the, The number of officers who abuse their authority. You know, I, you know that, I've that worked closely with law enforcement, and I can tell you that I can work closely with law what enforcement. What is your percentage, then? What, um, what's your percentage? The officers you've met, what is the percentage of officers who you would trust to take, you know, a, a friend someplace, uh, somebody that you would trust to respond to a, a volatile situation involving a 911 call, which we didn't ask to go to. We didn't ask for it. There's a, there's a microphone cord. Here, listen closely. I... Mm-hmm. Oh, That's an Indianapolis call going out right now. That's yeah, okay. an Indianapolis call going out right now. Look, there's oh, two look I've absolutely. Didn't have to go, there, there's a time. There. There's a time when I want a meat-eating guy that's uh, rough and ready that'll jump out there in front of a bullet to stop it. Uh, there's oh, absolutely a time I need that. However, there's also a time that I need discretion, and I don't feel that um, you know. In in I, I feel that when discretion is poorly used by police, that they they are not held to the same standard that I am. And you pointed out that uh, you know one of your officers roughed somebody up and he got fired if i rough somebody up and i'm a quaker i don't do that stuff but if if that was the case i would be in jail or prison hey, that or cop worse. That, sh- that shot the guy in the back uh did he get fired for no, that? no no you know a lot of times when cops uh you know do acts of violence against citizenry they'll get a medal in order to protect them from you know because uh the, you know to, to make them look good so that they won't get uh, lawsuits and that kind of thing it happens all the time 
let me let me try this. Okay, 24 years ago, I came on the department. And I was talking to a lot of guys back then, you know, veterans who told me a lot of things that scared me to death because I was trained under the professional model. I came straight from college to do this. It's the only job I've ever had. Okay, now I'm six one. I weigh about 210 pounds, and I think I can take care of myself. And you know what? I'm fairly convinced that if you met me on a run, you go, "Hey, he's a pretty decent guy." You know what? Oh, that's you, you seem like a decent guy now. Supposed to be. You're, well, that's the way we're all supposed to be. I that's agree. That's the way we train them. That, I you sound the, like I was the training kind of... academy staff for two years. But I want every one of them to come out capable of handling themselves in a physical confrontation and extremely polite and pleasant. Yet, when and and believe me, not perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. I wanted to train officers, and I got vetoed on this. I wanted to train our officers in the academy on, on two things I thought we were sorely lacking. One is the ability. to to take verbal abuse from people on the street, because it is true. There are, and there are a number of agencies which really pump you up and make you think you're God's gift, and so when someone dares cross you, th then obviously somebody has to go to jail. Mm. Okay? Now, I'm, I fully admit there are agencies that, that sort of train that into people. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't think it should happen. I have advocated that, you know, we, uh, we teach officers to, that when someone puts their finger in their chest that it doesn't automatically mean they go to the ground and then go to, to the hospital. You know, that's not what I think that's a about. sensible that's thing to do, Mike. Sure. I think that's sensible. Right. And, and, there, and I'm willing to, and I absolutely agree that there are like these corporate conversations or group conversations, the way that uh, different or agencies will run. Some agencies, it sounds like you're in the administration of this agency, and likely this agency is, it sounds to me like a better one than some. But I can tell you that there absolutely are places where, um, you, you know, if you if you turn a, a crooked eye to the cop, you're going to the pavement, and you'll, you'll have a gun in the back of now, your head. Now, just with, since we we talked about since you're talking about training there briefly, Mark. We had a uh, we met had the pleasure of meeting a police trainer uh, who has given up his career in police training at this point because he's completely he was completely fed up more than a decade he was doing it. Yeah, completely fed up with the quality of recruits that he was being presented with these days. And I think he he said it was essentially like one in ten that was an actually decent recruit, uh, somebody that didn't have a uh, what was it badge heavy attitude where they wanted to be like the you know the big badass cops on TV and just uh, f That's with people. That, and, that's interesting. It's been ten years since I was in the training uh, on the training staff, but that couldn't have been more opposite than than our situation here. Oh, and uh, he said it, it. It's really gone downhill in the last ten or fifteen years, is what he be. told us, and it was so frustrating to him. So, Mike, I wanted to address the thus the they versus us mentality. Um, just today, when I was stopping off the convenience store, I saw somebody with a vanity plate on the front of their uh, blazer that had a it was a black line, a blue line, and then a uh, followed by a black line, or it could just be a black sure. field with a blue line across it. Is, is that Correct. some kind of gang symbol? Line. Um, yeah, the thin blue line is, uh, and, and I heard you talk about it earlier, and, and no, I'm not, I wouldn't fall for the bait and say, yeah, it's a gang <laughs> deal, or no, it's not a gang deal. I'm not falling for it. Uh, what I would say is this. Uh, as every human being does who has a friend or has a coworker, and maybe, I'm sure you would argue more so, when you're working with, I, I was talking to an officer night before last, and he had to go in front of the board of captains uh, about an officer who's just a, this guy's a complete, He's brain dead. Okay, now, and and he was brought in front of the board of captains and asked, "What do you think about this this officer?" And he said, "Well, you know, he's a good guy. I think he's trying hard. I think with some more work, he could, you know, he could develop into a good officer." And they said, "Well, why don't you turn to section whatever page whatever?" And then he read it and 
and it was actually a message that he had sent to the officer telling him the, the 20 things that he thought were wrong with him and how he was doing his job and how he needed to clean up his act and quit doing these ridiculous things. Mike, we got to let and, you get back to work. I thank you for the call and the thoughts you, tonight. I appreciate the conversation. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. We got a cop in our chat room, by the way. Allegedly. <laughs> he didn't like it when I said allegedly a cop. I didn't really not believe that he uh, he was a police officer. Well, I mean, but I, how, how could you really know? You don't right? know. You don't know. Uh, he certainly sounded like a cop, and he certainly said the things that uh, a cop would typically say. Because we've talked to a number of them over the years on this program, and, and usually... Yeah, they don't all share his opinion. Some no. of them think that, uh, that uh, the, the, the department they were in was corrupt from the top on down. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times when we talk to the, to the cops, uh, they will defend themselves in their department, and, well, they're not all bad guys, and they're only a few rotten apples. But others will say that they're almost all rotten, and that the rotten apples uh, rise through the ranks to become administrators to protect the other bad apples uh, in the organization. And, of course, the, the real problem is that no one's free to say no. Uh, if, if right, you, it's a monopoly organization. Right, and when you have a monopoly organization, you're never going to get the customer service that you get when there's competition in the marketplace. We need to get back to your phone calls, though. But first, uh, Mark, tell me about what you've been doing with Jack and uh, helping him read. He's uh, two, just over two years old now. Yeah, Jack's uh, just a little over two, and you can go to babyreadingkit.com. As a matter of fact, they've got a video of my son Jack there at babyreadingkit.com. Um, up, they have several other videos, but this is the top one, and you can see him. Reading from flashcards. Uh, he has, you know, taking their. I, we, we have their little course for maybe three or four months, and it's just videos. It's not like we spent a whole bunch of time with it. They're just tools for him. If he wanted to learn to read and was interested in it, he could do that, and he has. You know, from you know the very rudimentary, he can read some colors and read some uh, shapes and stuff like that. And you can have this. It, it, this is a step up. It, it, it gives your uh, kid an added advantage, and it's for for kids from the ages of uh, as as little as three months on up to four or five years old. It's called babyreadingkit.com. It's uh, got some great, interesting videos that he loves to watch. He, he actually goes to sleep sometimes saying, Monkey See, which is the name of the uh, the video. He's that ate up and excited about the videos. It's uh, babyreadingkit.com. You can get it and give your kid that uh, leg up. All right, so the toll-free number here tonight is 800-259-9231. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Ladies first, Elizabeth listening to WBTS in Charleston, West Virginia. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. Hey, what's oh. on your mind? I just want to say I love you guys. I love your show. Um, I really do. I think you're great at, at when you address topics a lot of people won't talk about. But um, also, I'd like to say that I am a daughter of a police officer, a former police officer. Mm. My father was a police officer most of my life. My dad and, was too. Uh, yeah, well, and uh, so you probably, it, it's funny because uh, my father, he actually got um, uh he went to prison for a violation of civil rights, well, like a form of police brutality. Oh, and wow. uh, even going through that with him, I know what the police are. And I just have to say that I know the stories I've heard from him, and I know the things that happen. And uh, I think the police officers are called in Indiana, and I think, and I'm also a licensed therapist, and I have to say his anger and aggression in his tone, I think, proved our point. The way he spoke to you, the way he said, 
what was coming out of your mouth was stupid. I think he showed, he really demonstrated what we've been talking about with the anger and the aggression that the police have. And he fully illustrated that in his conversation with you. And, um, you know, I can see both sides. Like I said, having a father who was a police officer and who even went to prison for his, and and he was a violent man. That's pretty unusual. I mean, he really must have done something and gotten caught red-handed because in a lot of cases, the cops can be violent and get away with it. We've seen story after story. What was it he did, if you don't mind recounting? I'm sorry, what did he do? Yeah. Oh, um, it it was just, honestly, it's kind of, I don't really, I was younger then, Mm -hmm. but I just know that um, he supposedly, when he arrested a man, he, um, him and three other police officers used excessive force. And so all four of them um, were brought up on charges, and only two of them, my father was the chief, so he went to prison and the other chief wow, went to prison. The chief. Yeah, he was the chief deputy and my the other man was the chief of the city police. Hmm. So, um both of them went to prison. The other two men that worked under them went to court but never actually served any time. What now how long did he go to prison for? He was sentenced to eighteen months, but he served around a year. Now, uh, may I ask what was he like at home with you when you were growing up? Was he violent with you? It's- Extreme. Not with me. No, no, never with me. He practically ignored me. Actually, I never really had a relationship with him. But hmm. extremely violent to my mother. He beat her oh, up boy. practically every day of my life. Oh my god! He never touched me or my sisters or my brothers. Did he have a drinking never... problem? No, no. He's never drank alcohol. In his wow. So life. violent without uh, alcohol. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, you, just just a violent person. Do basically. you think, and I'm not saying that every police officer would be this way, but do you think that people that have a propensity to violence are attracted to uh, an organization that has the monopoly privilege of using violence? I've often wondered that about him, and I, and I do I do see that through my father. I, I can't see that he wanted that power. Mm. He wanted to have that, because we had a lot of power growing up. I'm not going to say we didn't. I lived in a very small town in West Virginia, and my sisters and I and my brothers, we could do whatever we wanted. There was no, there were no laws for us, and, and I know now that I'm older that's wrong, but I could, I could drive as fast as I want. I could run any stop sign, any red light, I, I mean anything. Now, I mean, when you said, when you said he was wanted. the chief deputy, does that mean he was the chief of police? Yes. Well, no, the chief of police is the city, is the... Is the is, well, where we lived, chief of police was the city, and he was county. So he, he was, was the, the sheriff? chief he... deputy in the sheriff's department, yes. So he wasn't the sheriff. Well, where was he in relation to the sheriff as far as rank? He was right under the sheriff. Okay, so one of the top dogs it was a it was an incredibly violent man who finally got caught. Uh, how did they uh, manage to convict him? Because usually you have to have video evidence. Was there video footage or... No, no, and the odd thing was, and I have to say this now, you're gonna, my conversation's going to take a turn here because I'm being completely honest with you. My father was a violent man, but he was also considered a good cop because he would do things that other people wouldn't do in situations. And I know that sounds odd what I'm saying, but if there were certain criminals that no one else would go towards that was afraid of, my father would go after him. You know what I'm saying? So sure. he got respect from other police because of that. Sure. And the night that he um, that he made this arrest, he wasn't even there for the arrest. He actually showed up later. Huh. And I think what actually caused him to get convicted were so many other people. Once this man claimed he was there, you know how it is. Once there was one claim made, then all these people come out and say, well, okay, he abused me, he abused me, he abused me. Uh... And so I think that's what happened. Even though he actually wasn't in the room when this man was arrested, 
he he was considered to be part of it because he was there later after the man had supposedly been abused. Got it. Wow. And so that made him him guilty. So yeah, we he he went. You know, he there was no question about it. I mean, he immediately and people were horrible to me and my family. I mean, once my father lost the power because he was such a powerful man, we had death threats. We, you know, we, it was just terrible. We had to have our phone disconnected because we kept changing the number and people kept getting the number and calling our house and threatening us and leaving like notes at our front door and uh, telling, telling us they ripped a bomb in our house. Did, and, did, I mean, it was bad. Another, pers- another personal question, uh, just because I'm curious. Um, you said that he abused your mother, beat her uh, frequently. Did she ever leave him? I mean, after he we went to jail? Yes. Or- Yes, yes, numerous times that she couldn't do anything because there was no help for her. There was no, there were no police to call to help her. There was yeah. no help for her because my father was very well connected. He knew everybody in the state, so mm-hmm. it didn't matter what county she went to or what she did. He would track her down, usually with a gun, oh my and make her come back home. And yes, she, there was nothing. And I always blamed her for staying with him. But then I kind of understand there was nothing she could do. Being as powerful as he was, she had no protection. And and as I said, he was incredibly respected. Did she in work? Profession. Yes, she did. She did work. Yes. Would, would it have been one of those situations where had he had she come out with uh, allegations about his abuse that no one would have believed her because well he knew everybody and was buddy buddy and good old boys network that kind of thing? Ah, uh, yeah, I oh, think so. so. Absolutely, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. And to grow up that way, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to grow up that way. But now you I have to wonder. Never- you what you have to wonder is uh, how many other cops in positions of power, as your father was, are similar to him. I'm not saying they all are like that, but we've heard from so many cops on this show, ex-cops, who've called in to say that the worst of the worst rise up through the ranks and get into administration. And uh, your call is yet another example of that. Uh, makes you wonder how, how widespread problems like this are. How many, well, I'll give uh, you an example. I'm yeah. sorry, I mean, I'm just afraid you're going to cut me off. No, but please, I go ahead. To tell you. There was also another police officer that was a friend of my father's, and I think he might have been a state trooper, and uh, he actually killed a woman that he was having an affair with, and it was they tried to cover it up. They, meaning and, the uh, state police? Uh, yeah, the state police they tried to cover it up. Now, he was eventually convicted. The family spoke out so much and brought the FBI into it that he was convicted of murder, but they tried to cover it up and say that she had shot him. And it was self-defense. Elizabeth, I want to thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight. Uh, Just a shocking, outrageous story. Thank you very much. 800-259-9231. Wow. What what are you going to do with that? And, you know, it's it's this... I think it's. I think it comes down to the monopoly uh, situation that we're Absolutely. dealing with here, and it's. I, I understand there need to be people that will protect, uh, you know, people who can't defend themselves. But from they need other to be people. accountable. And I, yeah, but I think those people need to be accountable, and I, we just don't have the accountability right. there until you can say, "I don't want to pay for your services anymore," and not have your house stolen from you. There will never be accountability. Yeah, and I'd like to see what happens if you try to videotape an officer in Indianapolis, because I know that <laughs> I can tell you that people all over America uh, go to jail for this stuff. Go to photographyisnotacrime.com. Hour three's coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. 
You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and we are kicking off the third hour of the show. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. And those features include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, WIKI Wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. Get interactive. Uh, and we continue here with your phone calls. We've been talking about the police, but you can go anywhere you want to. Stacy is on the line listening in South Carolina. Ladies first. Hello, Stacy. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just had to call in. I'm the cop from the chat room. Oh, hey, so, so great. Uh, you're in the chat room as 5-0 tonight, and folks can go into yeah. uh, cam.freetalklive.com. They'll get to see our webcam and listen in that way and also uh, interact in our chat room if they'd like. How did you end up in the Free Talk Live chat room? Just curious. I was listening to you guys a few weeks ago. It seems like every time that I turn you guys on, you're always bashing coughs or talking about it. I was like, I need to find out who these guys are all about, you know, so I got online and checked you out. But it's not all that bad, you guys. You know, there's there's bad people in every profession, but we're not all bad. Sure, you know? you're not all bad. I know that's true. I mean, I've known cops personally, uh, Brad Jardis. I, I'm a member of the police hugging squad, actually, so I regularly <laughs> offer police hugs. And mm-hmm. uh, so I and, and I'm seeing you're getting some heat from some of the folks in the chat room. And yeah. I think that uh, and, I, and I, I hope that you'll be forgiving towards those people because they just don't understand um how to approach folks that have a different viewpoint. Well, many people are angry own. in the public. They're I mean, angry, yes. Yeah. They're angry for having to pay for this. They're angry for the way that uh, essentially police officers, and you can't deny this, that police officers have a sort of morally superior position, that they the law is not uh, meted out to them in the same way that it is to the average citizen. And many well, people are angry about that. And I understand that. One thing, though, is that we choose to do a job that a lot of people don't want to do. You know, you get looked down upon, you get spit on, shot at everything like that, but you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. But before you go on there, why do you mm -hmm. think you're looked down upon? Well, it's, I think it's just a distrust, distrust. You know, there's people who have had bad experiences, and that's going to happen in every line of work, you know, and so that's why people kind of look down on cops. I mean, they can't be envious, but they, you know, they're just fearful about, I guess, different encounters they've had with them. Do you think it's possible that people could look up to you? That uh, that yeah. That in yeah, general, I mean, that that that, and I, mean, I understand how you feel that people are looking down upon you and that they're frightened, they're frightened by you and they're intimidated by you. Uh, mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be nice if you were actually looked up to by most people? That uh, if the supermajority of people looked at cops as their friends and uh, their protectors, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, and I think a lot of it's individual. You know, like each situation that I get involved in, like you know, with families and things like that. Like I work in a mainly black area. 
Um, you have to be able to talk to the people nicely and with respect and treat people with respect until they treat you differently. You know, and a lot of the times I'll talk to the parents and let the parents know why we're doing what we're doing. And then once they understand, you know, why we're out there, what we're investigating, they usually cooperate with us because I don't want them to treat other officers bad the next time they come in contact with I them. I think respect is really important, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I wanted to go here. If you're, if you're treating people with respect, that's good because it, it will come back to you. There's no doubt about that, and I, and I appreciate it whenever uh, mm-hmm. a, a police officer is respectful as opposed to rude. Um, however, I think the respect breaks down for a lot of people when they feel they're being harassed and targeted mm-hmm. for nonsense. And what I'm talking about there is like the war on drugs, uh, speeding yeah. tickets, not stopping at a stop sign, all this crap uh, that the people, the police spend their time pulling people over for and and aggressing against it, them over. A lot of it, too, though, we'll get complaints from neighborhoods and different things like that about people speeding and running stop signs. So they want us to come in and enforce those laws. And a lot of it, you know, it's stuff that you don't want to really be doing because those are probably the times you're going to get the people that are yelling at you the most doing speeding and traffic stops with stop signs and red lights, but it's stuff that needs to be enforced because it is a law. Uh, that's, but, where, that's where we disagree. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be enforced because it's a law, and you know that's not true because cops have discretion. <laughs> you can use discretion anytime you want that's to. That's why we have warning tickets. You know, you don't need to write people tickets okay. for everything. You stop like you a lot of You don't even have to pull them over because you have full well, discretion. You don't even have to show up if you don't want to. No, we do. <laughs> well... well you, you I mean, may do you call show police, up. You, we have to come out there and stuff like that. that, but that like, I've heard that said before, but it's just not true. Uh, the Supreme Court, and, and whether your department does that or not is another right. issue. But your, this, your, your department may hold you accountable for this. However, yeah, like, the, the Supreme Court has said to. over and over again that the police and the government in general has no obligation to do anything. If they don't show up when you call them, there's no. I, if I call the cops and they just don't show up, I can't sue them. There's no liability there. Right. And I'd like to I'd like to tell a story that happened to me one time. I had my motor scooter stolen when I was 15 years old. And I this this was my big, uh, you know, sort of realization that the police don't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I gave them all the description. They took down the information. They went off and did whatever that is that they did. And then I went sort of looking around the neighborhood. I, I thought the police officers did investigative work. I went looking around the neighborhood. And within a few minutes, I saw my motor scooter sitting in somebody's yard. This police mm-hmm. officer, These police officers didn't take the time to even look around. Now, this, yeah. in my naivety, I believed that uh, the police officers were going to do some investigative uh, investigation of this property crime. And they don't consider... That's not, just one bad experience. I mean, there's a lot of bad experiences out there because we're out there every day doing the job, you know, and I'm sorry that had to happen, but just know that there's people out there that really try. Like every contact that I make with a person, I try to have it be a positive experience. I try not to go off on people and act crazy. You know, I just try to do the job, do it well that I'm proud of because, for example, every ticket that I write, I have to enforce that in court. You know, I just have to um, prosecute the case in court and so just imagine how that would be to stand in a courtroom with a bunch of people that you've written tickets to, that you've had contact with. And if you treated those people bad, they're going to go in front of the judge. They're going to talk about you in front of all the other people. So that's why you want it to be a positive experience, even though they broke the law. I can see that it's, it sounds to me by listening to what you say that you are definitely one of those police officers that treats people with respect. We and have I, some of the best cops called this show. Right. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, the thugs you guys don't call. You me off a lot. A lot of times I'm like, I need to turn it off because I, you know, I just can't listen to it. But, I mean, all I want to say is that anybody, you guys can go out on any ride along, any time with any police oh, I've department. Done it. I've done it. I've, you can I, see like what I said, do, I told you, you know? in the chat room to look for uh, KPD 
ride along on YouTube, and you'll see me riding along with a local police lieutenant here in Keene, New Hampshire. And I'd like to point out the customer mm-hmm. service aspect that that uh, you know I brought up earlier, and and the sort of the existence of monopoly. And mm-hmm. my I guess my question is, who would you rather deal with? The Department of Motor Vehicles, who has a monopoly on issuing uh, licenses to uh, individuals so that they may drive, mm-hmm. or the Home Depot Customer Service Department? Home Depot. <laughs> because Home Depot has competition. They have Lowe's. They have uh, the, the local Ace and True Value and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. So they have to provide. They, they, they provide a really great service. So if you've got to return a product there, they don't even ask you any questions. I mean, they just, yeah. you, they just return it. Whereas with the DMV, you, you take a number, you sit for two hours. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. That's the government in general. Service. I mean, the government yeah, is ran true. very poorly, but that's, that's a whole other topic. Well, you know? You're right. It's, but, it's but. very <laughs> integral to this topic. Right. Because government uh, employees because they're unionized, I assume you're part of a police union. They no, have, we're not. We're you, not in South Carolina. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, but 80%, I believe, uh, the number is of people that are in unions are actually government employees, and uh, the mm-hmm. vast majority of government employees are in a union also. So um, you're, you're dealing with people that are protected from the consequences of their actions far differently than the average person is, and they don't have to deal with the economy in the same way. I'll bet mm-hmm. you didn't take a pay cut in the recent uh, recent past with America's downturn. However, well, there are... but we haven't had pay raises. We're short-staffed all the time. We don't get paid overtime. I mean, you, there's a lot of other things with that going on that makes it hard coverage? to do the job. Do you have optical huh? and dental coverage? Yeah, we do. Okay. Fortunately, now the average person listening to me doesn't have optical and dental. They took a um, they took a pay cut, or they're mm-hmm. out of the, out of work. I mean, this is this is how the economy works. Is because you guys have a monopoly. I'm forced to pay your uh, pay the paychecks that go to you. That mm-hmm. um, you know they, they 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 feel a certain level of enmity. You know, more cops well, would be. I think more cops would be more like you, uh, Stacy, if we actually had protection that was subject to competition. So if people had the ability to. Say Say, yeah, I don't like the service I'm getting from this particular uh, company, this department's protection agency. I'd rather go with the one that Stacy works for. Then they could, put, you know, give their but money. See, we have to hold up to stuff too. We have holidays that we have to work. We get a lot of bad stuff goes along with the job too. So there are benefits as well. I do. Uh, you know. I, I broadcast every Christmas. Hey, thanks, <laughs> Stacy. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Now, I want to talk about talking to the police, because right now there's at least one chatter that is not doing a very good job of it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features we give there to you for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. So enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. You'll enjoy features like our webcam. I mentioned it earlier. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch and listen to the show. And interact with our chat room, which is built into the very same page. It's all free to you. Go to cam.freetalklive.com, and it's thanks to memorydealers.com. Yeah, Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking, memory, and telecom accessory needs. 
Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They also have uh, memory for your regular computers there. Um, these optical transceivers are compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, and they're up to 99% off of list price. You, they uh, have all their stock in st- all their stuff in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. Now we just got off the phone with uh, Stacy, a, a police officer, supposedly, and I, again, I have no reason to disbelieve uh, dis- disbeliever, but a police officer down in South Carolina. And we had, I think, what it was, was a good conversation, uh, a good back and forth discussion of uh, some of the issues that people might have with the police and her viewpoint. And and uh, I think it was a better conversation than we had with Mike earlier, although his wasn't uh, entirely terrible. He was a little bit more. Uh, irate toward us and uh there's a there's a conversation going on in that chat room that i mentioned where there's a there's a, a character in there who hasn't been the nicest to stacy uh saying things like f those jackbooted thugs uh yeah but you still put people in jail for holding weed in their possession douche and just you know calling names and being rude and and acting like somebody hiding behind the cover of their keyboard in their anonymous uh chat client well, the uh, the internet does make people a little a little more brave sometimes. Right, right, and uh, and 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 I I stepped in to say, look, uh, you, you know, you're not being very. His name is Logic in the chat. I said, you're certainly not being very logical, calling people names. How do you expect them to listen to what you have to say? You're going to call me names. I'm not going to I'm not going to take what you have to say seriously. Even if what you're saying may be right, and I'm not saying it is, but whatever it is you're saying, if you're calling people names using ad hominem attacks attacking the man so to speak then they're not going to want to hear what you have to say they're not going to listen to you they're not going to take you seriously and of course he blows that off by you know saying things like well it doesn't matter because uh you know they use aggression uh i'm not he says i'm not interested in being civil with thugs that steal and coerce for a living and let me say that i know how you feel yeah yeah i've been there that i have been there and i have been angry and i have been that guy who has said those things it's impossible to do a radio show like we do and deal with government corruption and police are the front line of the government i mean they they are the enforcers of what the government does it's impossible to do sort of a government uh you know watchdog kind of show like we do and not be extremely frustrated with uh, the people that work in the government especially the ones that are armed and and dealing with uh you know people that are well doing things against the government but I, i've had a major shift in my perspective over the past couple of years and i've uh, i've shifted away from the anger and i've shifted toward forgiveness and understanding it doesn't mean i accept what they do as all right i don't appreciate what they do when they aggress against peaceful people but if I want them to know how I feel about what they're doing, I have to be able to communicate effectively to them. And yelling and calling names. Not effective communication. Not effective. Having a discussion on a, a, you know, and being peaceful and offering, uh, doing overt acts of uh, forgiveness. Like, like I said, I'm on the, the police hugging squad. I, w- I never would have considered something like that three years ago. Yeah, I, I looked down on uh, cops as less than human because of how they treated other human beings. And I think that the, I still, you know, I'm not in favor of many of the things that they do, but I understand they're just humans who are doing things that I disagree with. They are doing things that in many cases are immoral, and they're doing things that I think are wrong, and I would like them to stop. But in order to get them to stop, I, I think that it makes more sense to actually try to build some bridges with them and to communicate with them. And uh, just the other day, we're out front of the uh, the middle school here doing some outreach here in Keene, New Hampshire, and uh, somebody had called the cops because one of our guys had a open. He was open carrying a firearm, 
And so they, you know, they had to respond uh, and they came out. And of course, here in Keene, they're totally cool with people open carrying. So they didn't do anything about it. They just had a conversation. That's the law in this state. Right. They just had a conversation. Well, just because it's the law doesn't mean that they'll follow it. Uh, in Manchester, they don't care what the law is and they, ha- they harass people. But in Keene, they're cool with it and we've never had an issue. So they came out. They had a conversation. And I came up to them and I said, hey, two of my favorites because they were two of my favorite cops that uh, have been called out. Some of the couple of the you know nicer uh, guys, uh, two that I, I like a lot. And I shook their hands and we said hi and exchanged pleasantries. And I've had drinks, uh, you know, not alcoholic drinks, but I've had drinks with them before. And I've, I've uh, done a ride along with one of them. And, you know, you, you build relationships with these people. If, if you ever want them to change their mind, you have to build relationships. You talk to Brad Jardis. Uh, about that he is a, a former cop who was up working up here in new hampshire and his story is i think the most persuasive wonderful story uh that uh, that you could, it's a great success story i think for uh, for cops and, and coming to the ideas of liberty and uh, brad jardis was a longtime police officer i think over eight years when we first moved up here mark and uh, it was 11 years he'd been on the squad before he finally left uh, earlier this year and when we first moved up here, remember when we met, met up with him? Uh, he was he was you know cool with the with ending the war on drugs, but he wasn't so sure about some of those other issues, and not so sure about civil disobedience and non cooperation. Not and, so sure he was against all of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean and, he was nice about it in the same uh, cordial way that the the police that have called in this evening have been uh, you know nice about it. But it is right. easy to be cordial when you when you have the uh, the the up the the upper hand. So so Brad Jardis started as friendly. Open to the ideas, friendly. To, you know, he he came to the liberty movement through his understanding that the war on drugs was a bad idea. He came to that point before he got to us here on Free Talk Live, and then we helped take him in a, in a more uh, liberty oriented direction after that by appreciating him for who he was and appreciating the parts about freedom that he did understand, rather than taking the approach that some other liberty activists took, who I also have a lot of respect for. Uh, but they took the approach of, well, we're just going to shut this guy out because he's not pure enough, he's not liberty-oriented enough, and so we don't want him on our forum, that kind of thing. And there, luckily, there was a good group of activists who embraced Brad and showed him that they appreciated him and were willing to talk to him and were willing to hang out with him and, and willing to get to know him and, uh, and talk about freedom with him. And as a result of that willingness, as a result of them uh, you know, c- connecting with him personally and, 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 and showing appreciation for what he understood, he came closer to liberty. He came, in, in fact, into full embrace of the ideas of uh, voluntarism and, and freedom. And it, it became such a burden on him that he couldn't even handle doing his job anymore because they were asking him to do things that he became uh, in disagreement with. Yeah, well, I find that part uh, particularly un- unfortunate. I mean, if you're going to have somebody enforcing the laws, and you are going to have somebody working for these uh, law enforcement agencies, I'd rather have somebody who understands the ideas of liberty. As That's a matter true, of fact, but- the ideas of liberty were brought to me by law enforcement. Officers. I understand that, Mark, but unfortunately what happens is at this point yeah, in the game, yeah, yeah. when a cop comes out as pro-liberty and starts to actually act like he believes in freedom, then they come after him. And yeah, that's what they yeah. did. They went after Brad and they tried to get him fired and he did not get fired because the liberty activists came out to support him because they care about him and they wanted to show their support and he did not get fired. But it was at that point, you know, it was just too much. It, it was too much for him uh, at that point. I don't I don't blame him for doing what he oh, did. Indeed. So it was, it was a great success story. Uh, Bradley Jardis, you can look him up. He blogs over at freekeen.com. He's doing an amazing job over there, kind of keeping tabs on uh, the, the war on drugs. And, and he's, incredible. He's, he's an incredible activist. And he came all the way because people showed him a love, and they showed him appreciation, and they showed him friendship. They didn't tell him, F you, you jackbooted thug. That's the difference that I'm talking about. 
1-800-259-9231. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. We're here for the live Saturday edition. Tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And by the way, those features include things like our listening options, live streams, listening lines, which allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance, our webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. Dot freetalklive.com. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up in less than two weeks' time. The 24th through the 27th of this month. It's going to be happening in Lancaster, New Hampshire at uh, Rogers Campground. Scenic Rogers Campground, right next to the White Mountains. Incredibly really beautiful. Scenic. Yeah, it's a beautiful place to, uh, to camp out. The weather, I'm sure, will be uh, absolutely lovely. It's a great time of year to be in New Hampshire. Maybe a little bit of rain, but uh, that's okay. It's camping. What do you expect? And uh, a lot of people. That's the most important part. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is a yearly event that's put on by the Free State Project. And the Free State Project is a movement of thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all moving to the same place, in this case New Hampshire, in order to get active for liberty. And the Porcupine Freedom Festival is one of those kind of showcase events where you can come up and meet a lot of the people you hear about on this show. We were just talking about Brad Jardis a few moments ago, a a heroic cop who actually came out against the war on drugs and ended up leaving uh, the profession because he just he couldn't handle it anymore, uh, doing what they were demanding that he do as somebody who loves liberty. He, I believe, is going to be in attendance. He has told me this, uh, that he will be in attendance. I can't guarantee that. But, sure, anything could happen. Right. Well, anything could happen, and he's had a, he's had a tough year uh, getting off of uh, antidepressant medications. He's planning on writing about You're rolling your eyes, Mark, but he's planning on writing about that uh, for freekeen.com soon. Okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're not just uh, giving the guys uh, medical no, uh, no, stuff on the radio it's, with that. No, it's, it's, it's a public thing. And uh, so, so hopefully he'll be coming out because I think that'd be great. He missed the Liberty Forum, and uh, hopefully he'll come out for Porkfest. And then uh, you can meet him in person. You can meet all kinds of great activist folks that you've heard about on this show over the years. And hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people, over 500, are already registered for the event. We're expecting maybe as many as 1,000 there uh, over the weekend, you know, kind of in and out throughout the weekend. But stay for the whole weekend if you can make it up. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Lots of activities happening, everything from family stuff to uh, fun parties and things like that. Uh, activities just all over the place. Go to porkfest2010.com to learn more. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T 2010. Get signed up. Get the itinerary. Get connected with other people. Maybe you can't afford to come up by yourself. You need to get a ride, hitch a ride with somebody. There are caravans coming from across the country uh, coming up to the the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You might be able to hitch a ride with somebody else. You can get connected with those folks over at porkfest2010.com. The best part about Porkfest beyond the activities and the fun is being with other people who have a similar viewpoint as you who understand what liberty means and who get it and socializing with those folks is a lot of fun plus you get to see new hampshire and uh, get a get a taste of what it's like to be up here all the time 
and available at Porkfest will be Chartarum, the original motion picture soundtrack by John Shaw, brought to you by Think Twice Productions, including tracks by Liberty Activists Hannah Hoffman, Nothing Project, as well as Scottish Gangster Rap Epic featuring Touchmaster J and User Mac Friendly. You can get your copy at uh, Porkfest and receive a limited edition Porkfest commemorative beer mug. I suppose you could put anything in this mug you'd like, but uh, they are pretty cool mugs. Uh, check it out. It's it's Chartarum's original motion picture soundtrack. It will be available after Porkfest, but this is the big premiere. All right, let's go to your phone calls here. Er- Earl is listening in uh, Medford to KMED. Earl, you're in Oregon. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, good afternoon. Hey, Earl. <clears throat> um, you know, the police, uh, well, the law enforcement, as they're called today, originally were uh, police officers, uh, excuse me, peace officers. Yes, they were. Oh, before that, they were slave catchers. And then uh, they became police officers, and now they're called law enforcement. And, you know, the question is to the American people, have they become force officers? And should we be calling them force officers? Because that seems pretty common uh, way of doing business for them. Well, another common thing in, um, here and probably, uh, you know, everywhere is to is when the government gives things names, they give them names that that sell. You know, when uh, when they when they, you know, pass some ar- some new arduous law, they tend to uh, to give it some uh, cool little name that, that people like, like the Patriot Act. Who wouldn't want to be patriotic? Well, it has nothing to do with patriotism. It has to do with, uh, uh, you know, people's civil rights and them being trampled upon. Earl? Do yes, I'm here. Oh, just wondering if you have any other thoughts on that. You know, no, you're right about that. Um, well, the uh, legislature at the uh, uh, state level and the county level and even the federal level will name things cute names. But, you know, they tell us that it's government by the consent of the governed. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, here's a way to make it make um, government by the consent of the governed, and that is when they any law that they pass before it can go into operation. Uh oh, I think he's having self. Has to go to the people for our consent. And here are the three choices on the ballot: no, and whichever representative voted for it, you're fired. <laughs> the second choice is no, and the third choice is yes. And you know they really value their jobs. So if every time they pass something is a chance for them to get fired, do you think they'll pass less laws? Well, they would pass fewer laws, but the the problem is that you would have to pass this rule that you're talking about through them, and yeah, they aren't going to do that. And that's the really unfortunate uh, situation we have here in this country. Is you know, it's we're stuck in the mire. It, well, not for long because the Free State Project exists, and more people are moving to New Hampshire every single week, and they're getting active for freedom. And, and Earl, you sound like you might be a good prospect. Have you heard of the Free State Project? Um, you know, we're we're um, starting a uh, Christian Exodus here in Oregon. Oh boy, are you going down to uh, South Carolina? That's where Christian no, Exodus. No, no, this is Christian Exodus West. Ooh, okay. Now, now the Christian Exodus is kind of a scary thing for me. What does that mean to you, Scott? What it means is <clears throat> for uh, government to obey the Constitution, or you're fired, and for the people themselves to have self-control and self-discipline. So that they're not committing crimes against each other. That's all, that all way, sounds fine, but when I looked at the uh, the Christian Exodus Project, uh, basically for those that don't know, the Christian Exodus uh, is a an idea that was generated from the Free State Project. They literally borrowed all of the uh, 
some might say stole it. I think borrowed is a more appropriate term because I don't believe in intellectual property. Uh, So they borrowed all of the text from the Free State Project website and basically changed it to, say, Christian Exodus, and they changed it to uh, South Carolina. But uh, I get real nervous when people start touting how Christian they are because I feel like a lot of those people are basically folks that want to rule over um, my life, my you know, uh, my my bedroom essentially. They well, no, uh, no. See, this is this is where you, where the problem uh, where it changes. You make it so that the government only is if they go beyond the powers that are in the Constitution, then whoever did that is fired. You got to keep government. No, 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 no. What I want to talk, what I want to talk about, though, is how do you? What about? uh, What if I were a gay man? Would I be welcome in your Christian exodus? Um, You know, uh, is that is that a moral behavior? I don't think it's immoral to to love somebody. Is it immoral to uh, pass a law against it? Is is my question? You know, I don't know because um, the the point is you don't know is for people to be moral. Okay. Mm, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. Can you force people to be moral? Or and different you, people have different... Um, you, you know, here's the thing. If you teach them, then force is not needed. Are you okay. willing to are you willing to har- uh, to aggress against someone who has a different view of morality than you do? Somebody who is say a gay uh, man or woman who uh, who might be engaging in such behaviors on their own, on their own private basis, and you were to find out that they were gay, what would happen to them in the Christian Exodus? You know, if I found out someone was gay, in fact, I talked to a homosexual man today. Okay, and that's the scientific term, and I we discussed we discussed that. And I didn't use force. I, in fact, we parted on good terms because we discussed facts. Okay, okay, that's good. I'm just telling you, I get a little nervous when uh, when I hear about the Christian Exodus because I always feel like there are people that uh, that the, the the impression I'd gotten from their movement is that there are people that want to move together to create their own Christian theocracy and uh, force their no, no, their belief here, system here, on everybody else. Here, it didn't even Jesus, the woman at the well who had uh, five husbands. Jesus didn't beat her up. That's Jesus good. Jesus didn't stone her. In fact, Jesus is the one that prevented her from getting stoned. I wish more Christians thought like you did. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight, and good luck with your project. 800-259-9231. You can take control in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live coming up next. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. Uh, if you're on the line, we hopefully will get to you. I'm not going to give out the numbers because folks are waiting patiently here. But I will give you the website, freetalklive.com. You can go there and suggest stuff we could talk about on the air. You can submit whatever you want from all across the Internet. Other listeners vote it up or vote it down, and the most popular items make it to the front page and the top of our website. All the features you'll find there at freetalklive.com are totally free, so enjoy them at uh, freetalklive.com. As we go to your phones, uh, phone calls to the fun. Scott is in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Scott in Wisconsin. Scott, are you with us? Going once. Scott, going twice. All right, let's move on and talk to Tom in Illinois. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Tom, Hi. hello, you're on the How are you doing? 
Um, I just want everyone to know if they're police officers or family members or friends that I'm not here to bash police. I'm a 60-year-old man, and I've been around the block a few times, and I, 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 I know that they try and stop some crime. They catch some people with marijuana once in a while and that, but the, the crime hasn't changed with all the police officers in the world. And the one thing that has changed is harassment. There's no doubt. I do call them now bullies behind badges. And, and I say that because of a couple incidents I want to share real quick and then give a suggestion that I think is good. Okay. Um, I recently stopped at a stop sign where I rolled a little and the cop pulled me over and there were three other cops there. And I looked at him. I says, look, look what you're doing. You guys are deliberately sitting here to catch guys because you know as well as I do that that stop sign should be a yield sign. You could see for miles, okay, sure. you could see for miles that no one's coming and it's, and it's a country quiet road. So you knew they were deliberately using that as a cash trap, you know. Sure, And, you know, they gave me a warning, and, and I didn't see them doing it anymore. So it might have helped that I spoke out, you know. Um, another thing, the other day, uh, I was getting off a ramp of a major highway, and as I was getting up the ramp, there was a slow, slow-going flat truck, huge truck, and I, I, I had my right signal on. I couldn't tell where he was going. I went on the shoulder a little to see what was going on up ahead there, waited patiently, got in the right lane, turned right, put on my left signal, went in the left lane, turned left, went in the gas station, and a police officer in a sort of a, sort of an undercover kind of thing, it just had the big bumper thing in the front, uh, pulled behind me. And I got out and my glasses were fogged from the humidity, and I stumbled a little, and, he's, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to clean my gas. He goes, stand back, stand back, he's yelling, you know. And I'm like, okay. And, and then I go, I says, well, what did I do wrong? He goes, you weren't driving exactly right. I says, well, did I um, uh, cause anyone to swerve or hurt anybody? And he goes, you shut up. And, he, and he's yelling, and wow. you shut up. I says, well, I just got up. I was going into town. And listen, you shut up. You're going to talk yourself into a ticket. <laughs> and multiple tickets and i'm like wow what the hell is going on here you know i said i haven't had an accident in 40 years or so i'm a very safe good driver and and the guy took my license and i think because he saw my veteran id sitting on top he might have given me a pass he he gave it back to me mm -hmm. and, and he let me go but here's my suggestion there's a lot of people like me right now i live on 200 in food stamps i'm six years old i lost a high-paying job multiple homes cars blah 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 and I got a guy that lets me stay for free where I'm at watching his property. But it wouldn't hurt for these people in, with the economy the way it is to check, do they have outstanding warrants, how bad are, is their driving record. And most of us can prove with food stamp cards or, or you know unemployment cards, we're struggling. These tickets today are in the hundreds of dollars, not yeah. 50, not 60. They're in the hundreds of dollars. And, and they have fees hurt. on top of them, too. I mean, not only do they have hundreds, hundreds of dollars of tickets, but then they'll, they'll slap on a fee for the ticket. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. A 20% ticket tax. Yeah, and then they could affect your car insurance, and they can affect sure. your license, which you can't find work if you can't drive, you know. And anybody's going to make some human errors when you're driving right. lots of miles. It's only normal, you know, but... And they'll have their lives ruined in many cases by this aggression exactly. by the police department because – and just because the economy's in a downturn doesn't mean it was any easier for people who are poor or lower middle class to pay these tickets uh, 10 years ago. It's still uh, a burden any time this stuff happens. So what's your suggestion? Exactly. I suggest that they try and take a little more time to check for warranties, uh, outstanding warranties or 
driving records quickly or whatever they got to do on their computers and and have and ask the person are are you working because there's a lot of us not working there's people that are not in the 10% because their unemployment ran out or they are self-employed or whatever there's 20% of the traffic you know and 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 if the guy's not working, be a little more discerning about the situation. If you didn't, well, how do about they just be discerning anyway and stop aggressing against people? I, I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. His suggestion was for the cops uh, to you know cut somebody a break just because they're poor, uh, and that's fine. But how about we just cut everybody a break and, and stop harassing them for nonsense like stop sign violations and uh, and speeding? Because if no one is in danger, if uh, there is no victim. Then there's no crime, right? And and by speeding, you know, I I think that they put these uh, the the speed limits artificially low for the lowest common denominator out there, and uh, that you know it's it, every everybody speeds. To me, Even that the means the speed limits are too low. Right now, uh, here's my suggestion. My suggestion is that people stop paying these nonsense tickets. But in order to have that be an effective policy, you have to get together with other people who are like-minded. So again, we're back to the Free State Project here in the Keene area. When people get hit with some sort of uh, nonsensical ticket, they just go in and uh, they take it to trial, which is one thing that they hate. Uh, the government people want you to plea bargain. They want you to pay. They don't want a trial scheduled. So you take it to trial, making so they have to uh, load up their schedule, their trial docket with uh, trials for tickets and stuff like that which they normally don't have to do so you load up the court system and then you refuse to pay either uh, go to jail or because uh, here in new hampshire you can go to jail for 50 bucks a day credit toward whatever the fine is or uh, we've had people have success with offering to pay money to a local charity instead of the government that way the government doesn't get a dime and the local charity actually gets the uh, the fine money so there are ways to go about this that uh, you can you can really cl- uh, clog up the system basically but you have to have the people the activists together in the same geographic area because if you just go into your local courthouse and you're the only person in a year that refuses to pay and you take something to trial they're just going to roll right over top of you and it won't matter what you do but if you get a whole bunch of people who all get parking tickets or they get you know speeding tickets or whatever over the period of uh, of a year who are going in there and refusing to obey and refusing to pay in eventually they'll just get it through their heads that they shouldn't ticket these folks because uh they're not going to pay up because that's what the tickets are all about. It's not about safety. It's about obedience. It's about money. Let's continue with your calls. Michael, listening in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michael. Uh, I'm actually going to have to disagree with you on that last one because I think a lot of these cops have to uh, enforce uh, or be strict because if they ease up on these laws, they might actually let Bill Wagner get away with being a hardcore spammer and calling everyone a fat nigger. Oh, you're going to let you go on that one. Thanks for the call and dropped you right out so you didn't get on the air with it. Sorry, buddy. 1-800-259-9231, making allegations about somebody's name and uh, was silly. Using the N-word. And yeah. I, I think that it's there's... It it simply doesn't add to discourse, uh, you know, and I I don't see any Lame. I don't see any benefit to uh, using on. the N word. Let's talk to Jerry in Delaware. Jerry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Jerry, going once. Hey guys, how hey. you doing? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your hey, mind? Hey, how you doing tonight? Go for it. Uh, look, I just wanted to talk about the cops real quick. I had a friend named Bill Wagner. Goodbye. Uh, he... Get off the line. See you later. Let's talk to Sean. In we're not going to take you know allegations about uh, people. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, we didn't drop his call because he didn't get to the uh, the the dirty part, whatever that was going to be. Uh, anyway, we want to talk about real issues and uh, have discussions, not uh, make allegations about people. Anyway, let's continue with uh, Sean listening to uh, listening in St. Pete. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. 
Hi. Um, I was uh, calling because of the same issue, and the point I wanted to make very quickly was the idea that he was that cop was so quick to point out the flaws that you had made, where you said there, you know, he you said something stupid, and then he said, no, I didn't say you're stupid. What he failed to realize when his point, when he said that the cops that got nine one one calls didn't, um, you know, they didn't want to go do that. I I disagree, and the reason is because any cop that volunteers his service for pay as a constable is, in fact, by default, wanting to go out to that 911 call. If I don't want to go out to a 911 call, I won't get a job as a cop. It's that simple. Yeah, but they don't have to go out. I understand most cops are going to go out to the call. All I was pointing out is that they don't have to. There's no obligation for them to do that. And if they decide to show up, uh, if they don't show up on time or they don't show up at all, then you can't sue them for it because there's no obligation for them to provide the service in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with your point. What, what I'm saying is his point was is that a cop that, you know, he, he, he as an officer of the law doesn't want to take a 911 call. And that's not, co- that's not coherent with the behavior that he's describing. By default, by, by electing to choose that line of work, you say, I want to take that call because that is what I want to do. His, his argument is that, you know, hey, we don't want to have to go do this either. Well, you know, then you shouldn't be a cop. Those, those, guys, are, those guys are volunteering to put their lives in the line of danger for that. And that's really simply my point. And he would try and argue with you against that. Sean, I want to thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, it has been Ian with you tonight. And Mark. And you can join us uh, tomorrow. Actually, join the uh, co-hosts only for tomorrow night's uh, Sunday, Live Sunday edition, internet only, available on our streams at freetalklive.com. Mark and I will return on Monday night, and uh, we'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.